0: Hi, this is Matt and Jamie of upcast It's Friday morning, and this is our special supplement. We've both now seen The Last Jedi, and we're here to give our honest reactions. Now, Matt, you and I texted a little bit after we both saw it. We're in different time zones, so technically you saw it first. What do you think?
1: Overall, I really, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was unexpected, surprising. It was I've been describing the movie to all my Star Wars friends as fearless.
0: I agree. It's Like you said, all pets are off now because they can't, not that they can't, it's that it, kind of like Game of Thrones where nothing is so sacred, not everybody has plot armor.
1: Right. I told, uh, I was talking with a friend of mine this morning and I said, by the end of the movie, I would have believed if they would have killed any character. It would have been, it would have been made sense to me if they killed Poe at the end of that movie. Like no <laughs> nobody, nobody was safe by the end.
0: I, they killed the entire Resistance leadership, save for Leia and Holdo.
1: Admiral Akbar
0: died. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not see that coming.
1: I did not even realize that until, I, I mean, I heard the line in the movie, but I didn't even think about that until just now. Yeah, no more Akbar.
0: And the big thing, Luke. Luke's gone. Yeah. But is he gone-gone?
1: We're going to put a spoiler warning up at the beginning of this. We'll put it in the title of the episode. But uh, yeah, Luke faded away. He did the Obi-Wan Yoda death where he just disappeared, faded into the Force, I suppose. So now we can expect to see him back. Yeah,
0: he's going to be a Force
1: ghost. I assume he'd be back in Episode Nine as Force ghost. He threatened Ben Solo with that, right? Or Kylo.
0: Well, interchangeable at this point. But yeah, that I got to wonder if he's going to be pretty much haunting him.
1: I hope so. That would be so awesome. Come on, yeah. Uncle, come on Uncle Luke. I just have to use the bathroom. <laughs> I see what you're doing in there. You
0: have to use so much toilet paper.
1: Do you want to go? Do you want to walk down the plot real quick of the movie and talk about what we thought worked and what didn't work, and give a little bit higher resolution review? Then
0: it was good. Okay. It starts with the evacuation of the the uh, resistance base. They're evacuating, and the first order shows up. Poe leads a squadron of fighters and bombers to kind of take on a, a dreadnought, which is a, a massive. First Order battleship. It doesn't go well. They end up destroying it, but at the cost of a lot of lives, Poe disregards Leia's orders. He gets the job done, but it costs them a lot of fighters and all their bombers. And a uh, character named Paige, who is one of the pilots of the bombers, dies. Uh, She has an important significance later in the movie.
1: Paige is... uh... Not to, bur- not to just talk about the toys, but Paige was one of the action figures they released for The Last Jedi. And she's one of the coolest action figures, in my opinion, from the new line. And she dies within five minutes of the movie starting.
0: Yeah. It was very quickly. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was very surprised on that.
1: Yeah. And they really establish, based on the evacuation and that opening battle, the pace of this movie, which overall is intense. It's basically one long battle um, the entire time. And they keep cutting away and cutting back to it.
0: Mm -hmm. Eventually, the Resistance is able to escape. Poe gets demoted. And in this time, all of a sudden, Finn wakes up. And he's wandering around, wondering where Rey is.
1: He's got that little back-to-suit on, leaking the back-to-fluid everywhere.
0: And then it cuts to Rey meeting Luke, pretty much using the same footage that they used from Episode 7. Luke gets the lightsaber, tosses the lightsaber behind him. What did you think about that? I don't know. I, I, I liked it, but I thought at least he'd have a nostalgia of like, holy cow, where'd you get this lightsaber? You know, this fell down a sh- shaft in Bespin.
1: I'll say that I loved it when it happened, um, because it's not what I expected. And overall, it was well within character.
0: Right. No, yeah, I agree. It was definitely seemed a little... I wasn't quite expecting it. I, th- I thought that there. I thought there might be a little nostalgia because, hey, that's his old lightsaber and his dad's lightsaber, but okay that was wasn't a big deal, and Ray's trying to get Luke to teach her to first just to
1: come back right and so he like her mission is basically to retrieve him, and it sort of evolves into her trying to get taught by Luke, like taught the force by Luke, and Luke is reluctant to do it and sort of begrudgingly gives her the cliff notes of the force
0: and you find out that. You know, he has no plans on going back. You see his X-Wing at the bottom of the ocean. That was a cool shot. Yeah. On the other side of the galaxy is that the First Order is tracking the Rebel Alliance. They can track them through hyperspace. So pretty much the second the Resistance comes out of hyperspace, the First Order appears. And with them is Snoke's ship, which is pretty much just a massive triangle. They figure out that that no matter where they go, they uh, they can't escape the First Order.
1: Yeah, and here's where they set up one of my favorite plot devices of the movie is that they can't escape but they can sort of outrun them to keep themselves out of out of the range of the most powerful weapons of the ship as long as they have fuel they don't have enough fuel to really jump again they can go into hyperspace one more time but there's no point in doing that because they'll just be tracked and followed and so they just decide that they're going to burn their fuel to keep themselves out of range and the reason why i like this is There's a lot of sort of MacGuffins in movies, and this one makes perfect sense. The Star Destroyers are huge and just can't travel as fast, and this little troop transport can move instead of range, but the First Order's plan is, well, we'll just wait them out. It's a submarine movie, right? The the cruisers above ground or above water just waiting for the submarine because they know the submarine has to resurface eventually, and once the submarine resurfaces, they will blow it out of the water. And that's exactly what the First Order is doing. So the whole movie has this kind of clock established for it's like, yeah, we have 18 hours before we run out of steam and we come back in range of their weapons. And the entire time, the First Order is just taking pot shots at them.
0: What's happened is that Kylo Ren has been pretty much chastised by Snoke. You get to see a shot of Snoke's throne room with all the, the cool red guards. And he's chastised for being beaten by Rey. And he calls Kylo Ren a child in a mask. Kylo Ren gets upset, and he gets Force Lightning.
1: Yeah, that was <laughs> that was also surprising and exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, this makes me really curious who Snoke is. And right. Unfortunately, something we do not find out in this movie.
0: This leads to Kylo Ren smashing his helmet in an elevator, and then leading a fighter attack against the fleet.
1: Right, and this is one of the questionable scenes, in my opinion, in the movie where they kill the leadership of the Resistance, and Leia is sucked out into space, and she uses the Force to bring herself back to the ship.
0: That was kind of the same feeling I got when watching The Force Awakens, where I was just kind of like, ah, this doesn't seem quite right, but uh, okay, okay, sure. Um,
1: Yeah, I had a similar feeling when I first saw Snoke. When I saw Snoke and he was like a 30-foot guy. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. It's like,
0: yeah, I had that same feeling, just like... Oh, shit. This is not what I rem- wanted. <laughs> not what I wanted at all.
1: But uh, I, I'll forgive the Leia rescue, because I think, I imagine that they assumed that we that they were going to kill Leia, and they wanted to give us that, that moment where we saw her floating
0: in space. Yeah. And the important thing about that is that, and this is shown in the trailer, is that Kylo Ren was going to shoot at the cockpit or the command uh, bridge of that ship. And he, the last second he decides not to, because he he senses his mother's presence. Yeah, so he he's still conflicted by the light and the dark. But some other TIE fighters pick up where he left off and destroy the bridge. Finn tries to escape, but Ro, Rose, Paige's sister, stops him. You find out that the Star Destroyers can track them. So they need to find a way to disable their tracking so they can jump to hyperspace and escape the First Order, which leads on the big Canto Blight, sorry, which leads to the Canto Byte plot.
1: Let's just jump to Canto Byte and cover that real quick. The only thing I like about the Canto Byte thing is that it didn't work, is that the, that their plan completely failed, and they ended up not deploying their highly implausible, only by the force, only by the will of the force style plan. Everything at the casino I could have done without it was very prequel to me, and I have about half a dozen hardcore Star Wars friends, and all of them have said, do you know what was missing at Canto Bight? Lando. Yeah, that would have been a perfect opportunity to have Lando, yep. Everybody I talked to today and last night said, I really thought Lando was going to be there. I think you know that I'm not like a callback guy. I'm not the guy that needs that reference to the original trilogy or something. And this movie didn't have a lot of them that weren't directly part of the plot when it makes sense it makes sense right like playing the hologram help me obi-wan kenobi or my only hope for luke to sort of reignite that that spark in him that started his whole adventure like that made sense to bring that back it would have made sense to have lando there
0: where's billy d don't understand why he hasn't been in that was something that was in the back of my mind i didn't really expect it the whole canto bite thing is almost the whole thing could have not really happened and the plots that would have gone forward
1: and benicio del toro was good his character was interesting and good and he had the right touch on it but yeah it's completely expendable plot and that's that almost makes it more charming in a way than less charming because like it's nice to see them fail and fail up like they have this crazy plan that requires them to try to mutiny on the ship eventually and it just keeps failing
0: and poe dameron goes along with it he's the one that helps them execute it and if I feel that part of the movie is also not as big as the rest of it, but Poe going from just a hot shot to a, a leader, yeah. somebody who just shoots from the hip to somebody who actually thinks strategically and thinks about the people under his command.
1: Yeah, people people often say Poe Dameron is the Han Solo of the new trilogy, and he's not. Han Solo is this sort of, seat of your pants, like to do whatever feels we're best sort of character and Poe Dameron is like balls to the wall, like Captain America style, you know. Mm-hmm. Finn is uh, Han Solo. He's the one that is figuring it out, trying to do the right thing, um, plays in the margins a little bit more, doesn't yeah, it, doesn't quite listen.
0: He tries to bail. You know, he bailed on the first order and then when things are going bad, he's gonna bail on the resistance.
1: Yeah, he's he's looking out for what he cares about, right? And what he cares about is a moving target. And so yeah, I think he's the Han Solo, not Poe Dameron. So yeah, we, we're in agreement that Kanto Bite could have could have been stronger or could have had more impact.
0: I think the impact of it is something more subtle that you see at the very end. Yeah, I agree. So while well, they're having adventures, at, at, it's Finn, Rose, and BB-8, and eventually DJ. You know, you never actually find out his name. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Is that, you know, while, while they're having their adventures in Canto Bight, Ray is being, let's say, quote unquote, trained. She's getting three lessons from Luke. And all while this time, she is being connected to Kylo Ren. They are having some sort of meeting of the minds where they can see each other and talk to each other, even though they're on, you know, different parts of the galaxy.
1: I think this is the first time we actually see this Jedi power manifest, right? Where They can basically have a conversation as if they're in a private room and physically see each other, but be separated by however far they're separated. Because Kylo Ren is at the battle, and she's at Ahch-2, or Ahch-2, whatever you say it. And we have no idea what that distance is, except that it takes a while. Yes,
0: I think it's the logical progression of just getting a feeling about something happening with a specific person in the force.
1: One of the things that is revealed in these shared visions or this shared space is that when Ben Solo was training, at least Ben Solo's interpretation of the events happened, is that when he started to fall to the dark side, Luke tried to murder him, kill him, right. kill him in his sleep. And Luke basically fessed up to doing this, at least wanting to do it. We had a little Rashomon moment where we saw from Skywalker's point of view and or from Luke's point of view and from Ben's point of view of, of that same interaction.
0: But Luke fessed up to the point where like it was a fleeting thing. He stopped it but it was too late. Ben had, ben had saw what happened. Yeah Ben had
1: sensed it and knew that Luke was going to try to kill him.
0: So the interesting part about this is that in the trailers you see Luke's hand Punching up, that's Luke escaping from the wreckage of Ben's hut. And Ben had destroyed the temple, killed all the students except for a few who went with him.
1: That's another huge reveal that there are these four sensitive users that went with Ben when he destroyed the Jedi temple. So, are these
0: the Knights of Ren? Please, oh, please, <laughs> yes,
1: please.
0: <laughs> you know, Rey goes through you know training with Luke. Uh, she has her cave moment of sorts with Luke. Yeah, I'm trying to understand it. That her she goes into what's essentially the dark side cave. It's a this big hole that sucks her in, and where she goes underwater, and then she has she experiences a vision where there's a whole line of her, and they se- sequentially do something. She snaps her fingers, and the next one snaps their fingers, and the next one. So everything kind of happens in a row, like dominoes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I've been trying to figure out the symbolism of what that means.
1: Yeah, so her falling through the hole and into the water, and then coming up out of the water, it's baptism imagery, right? So she's being baptized. I mean, this is a my hypothesis or my interpretation, I guess. So she comes out of her baptism, and she is pulled to the dark side because it's offering her something that she can't get otherwise. And it's sort of her origins.
0: Right, she wants to know her parents. Who were they?
1: Yeah. But it turns out that that's, if you, if you were to believe Kylo Ren, her not knowing who her parents are is a lie. That she's always known who her parents are, and she's just in denial about the banality of her origin. And so her seeing that long line of herself is, could be interpreted in a lot of ways, right? So it's either the, the instances of her life, the, like the length of her existence, and she's sort of looking down the road, and she's supposed to be looking forward, not back, that sort of stuff or something even more banal, right? That when she reaches down to get that information, there's nothing there, right? And so it's just her and she's alone, right? Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that she came away from saying, like, I've never felt so alone in my life because she is alone, right? She has lost Han Solo, she's lost Luke, she's lost, she failed to make that connection with Kylo Ren in this movie, which we'll get to in a minute. And so she's sort of isolated. She's the last Jedi.
0: She and Kylo Ren are talking, and Luke discovers it. This is almost like a... It almost reminded me of a father catching his teenage daughter with somebody he doesn't approve of.
1: Very much so. Very much walking in on two teenagers, getting to third base, sort of losing it moment.
0: Right. Yeah, he, he's pretty much cut himself off to the force, but he sees Kylo Ren.
1: Well, he had, already, he had already started coming back at that point, right? So he had started messing with it. He started using the Force again, and that's why he could see Kylo Ren he, when he went in there. Because mm-hmm. then they started fighting, and he's using the Force in the fight to protect himself from Rey.
0: Right. And he almost falls and uses the Force to kind of guide himself down. Like, is that, Did I interpret that right? Yeah. That, like, that she pretty much beat him, he fell, and then just kind of used the Force at the last second so he didn't completely fall on the ground.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I thought happened. Is that she was they started fighting and she's beating the crap out of him and he falls down and uses the force to catch himself. And so, that's pretty much everything that happens in Act 2 that's worth
0: mentioning, right? Uh almost. But Ray decides to leave because she needs she feels that she's reached Kylo Ren. She's calling him Ben at this point, and that she's seen the future and that he turns against Snoke. And she interprets that as he turns away from the dark side.
1: Right. It's very much the moment in Empire where Luke leaves Yoda, except Yoda doesn't want him to leave. And it's not clear that Luke wants her to stay. He just doesn't want her to go face Ben.
0: Right, yeah, it's there is very much a parallel to that. And so Chewie drops her off in, I guess, what would be an escape pod?
1: Yeah, I was pretty excited about that scene, actually, because the Millennium Falcon toy comes with an escape pod that sort of looks like that. And so I was pretty excited when they launched it, and it,
0: was, it looked similar. She gets launched towards Snoke's ship, and the pod comes into a docking bay. She opens it up, and Kylo Ren is there. And she gets taken to Snoke. Now at the same time, Finn, Rose, and DJ are boarding the ship to get, to take care of this hyperspace tracking. Now something I did notice, or at least I thought about, was that there's two stormtroopers that came up with Kylo, that came up with Kylo Ren, and they had shackles for Rey. Prince Harry and Prince William are supposedly in the movie. It was said that uh, look for two stormtroopers in an elevator. Now you don't actually see stormtroopers in the elevator with Kylo Ren and Rey, but I think they were there, and I think that was the shot. So I think that was them.
1: Sure. There could be, I'll, there I'll, could I'll, be royalty there. I mean, that's something we can look up. That Those are fun Easter eggs. I care more about Daniel Craig than I do some princes,
0: but... I'll call, I'll call up Harry. He, he, you know, he and I are besties.
1: Yeah, there you go. And so it's, the interesting thing about that elevator ride is that it's the same conversation Luke has with Vader in Jedi. When Vader's taking him to the Emperor, he says, You don't have to do this and then he says, Yes, I do. It's it's a it's a very similar conversation between the two.
0: The whole thing plays out very much like Return of the Jedi, except Snoke has no he, he has no interest in Ray. He wants to kill her. He wants her to tell him where Luke is and then he's gonna kill her. And you know, he tortures her and shows her that the fact that like all her friends are gonna die. At this point the the all the ships have slowly you know run out of fuel and they've been destroyed by the first order and just the command ship left is left and they've just decided you know Poe's little um, mutiny failed everybody's being put on transport ships and headed towards a planet called crate which contains an old abandoned rebel base
1: as established in Le- um Leia princess's all Princess mm-hmm. of Alderaan.
0: and her childhood friend. Vice Admiral Holdo decides to stick with the ship to keep it going while everybody else escapes. Right. And the moment, you know, Palpatine's moment where he tells Luke that, you know, that the Rebellion is lost, you know, the Death Star is fully active, you know, is him him showing that they're picking off the little ships, that Snoke is showing Ray that they're picking off all the little ships, that the Resistance is dead. You know, just give it up. And that point... He has he has her slash Luke's lightsaber. She uses the Force to grab Kylo Ren's lightsaber, but is easily stopped.
1: It's it's obvious from this interaction between her, Kylo, and Snoke that Snoke is far more powerful than either of them. She tries to grab a lightsaber, and he redirects it in the air to hit her in the head with it, with the hilt. Mm-hmm. And he's manhandling them both. Like the only thing, the only reason why Kylo Ren isn't getting thrown around the room this time is that he's Kneeling in deference in front of him and not participating in this at all and, at this point.
0: Yeah, and Snoke is saying that he can tell that there's no more doubt. Right. He in in Kylo Ren.
1: Yeah, he has resolve. Like, yeah, he's chosen his side basically.
0: And in a very much uh, a parallel to Palpatine using Force lightning on Luke and Darth and him begging Darth Vader, Rey is being tortured by snoke and eventually he's put down uh she snoke forces her down into kind of a kneeling execution stance and he's to pick up his lightsaber and execute ray what kylo, happens Kylo's going to kylo execute. ren yeah and what you don't see is that or what snoke doesn't understand and he doesn't see kylo ren doing is that he's got He's got the blue lightsaber next to him. Kylo Ren is slowly turning it with his hand and then activates it and kills Snoke. Cuts him in half. Cuts him in half. Then he calls it to the force, uses the force to call it, cuts him in half. And then there's a big, huge battle with Kylo, Kylo Ren and Rey both fighting the Red Guards. And that's a really great fight. It's a great fight. And
1: that has some loyal guards. Because they just saw right. this leader get cut in half, and they're like, time to fight. Time to fight to the death.
0: Right. I really enjoyed this fight because they were very, very outmatched. They ended up succeeding, but Kylo Ren seemed to forget that he knows how to use the Force.
1: Yeah, I was curious, and the fight goes on for a while. After a couple minutes, I was like, why doesn't he just like, break all their necks with the Force?
0: Like, right. Why isn't just, he
1: Force choking everybody?
0: That seems to be kind of a, just a Star Wars thing in general that they tend to forget about using the force when they're when they're using their lightsabers. And a cool trick that happened, one of the guards had Ray and she's blocking the the guard was blocking the lightsaber. Ray turns off the lightsaber, drops it, turns it on again and then stabs him with it.
1: Yeah, there were a couple of cool moves like that where she drops lightsaber and grabs it and cuts the guy. And the one where she throws Ben, the lightsaber at the end, and he activates it, and it stabs the guy through the eye. Mm-hmm. There was a very intense fight.
0: Yeah, that brings up something that I've always wondered in lightsaber battles. It just seems like if you had two lightsabers, you could just turn one on and one off. You know, when you're clashing with somebody, you turn it off. Then you immediately are free to move, turn it back on, and then like cut them in half from behind, or something like that.
1: Yeah, that that's the kind of fight you got. Yeah. And their weapons had energy, some sort of energy barrier on them that explains why the lightsabers weren't just cutting through the weapons.
0: After the fight, it comes down to Rey and Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren's saying, you know, you can rule the galaxy with me. You know, he wants Rey to be with him and he explains to Rey who her parents are. Turns out Rey isn't related to any known character in Star Wars. Her parents were nobodies who sold her off for drinking money and who are in a, in a pauper's grave somewhere on Jakku.
1: They're losers. They're white trash nobodies. And she's a white trash nobody. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. I know people are pissed off about this because I've been on Reddit today, but like, are you kidding? Like, it, Every other theory had so much baggage. This is the perfect out for them. Like no, she's nobody. Just like Luke was nobody. Oh wait, Luke was the son of Darth Vader. Oops. <laughs> the point, the point being is, is that she didn't have to be anybody. She doesn't have to be anybody. The the dialogue in that scene is comical. Kylo Ren says, "You don't belong in this story." That's true. He's like, "You're nobody. You don't belong in this story." He's like, "You're nobody except me. You're not nobody."
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like holy shit! Like they're calling the fans out in the movie, right? It was it was freaking I think perfect. So? Yeah, I think so. I think that this was absolutely a shot across the bow of all the super fans that wanted, like, Ray to be Obi-Wan Kenobi's daughter or granddaughter or, or Palpatine's or somehow Luke's or Han's long-lost daughter. That Like, none of those stories made any sense. None of those theories made one lick of sense. And people were just trying to shoehorn another character into the trailer park of the Star Wars universe where everybody's everybody's cousin. Everybody's their <laughs> secret father. Right. <laughs> And it yeah. n- didn't make any sense. And so they, put, they made her nobody, which is freaking beautiful. And then they, they, had that, they threw that line in there and be like, you don't even belong in this story because you're nobody. Thank you. Because that's, that's, the, that's the fan sentiment. Is like, if it's not a Skywalker, it doesn't matter. There are mm-hmm. millions of Jedis that have never had the name Skywalker.
0: What happens is that Kylo Ren has the lightsaber, the blue lightsaber. Ray uses the Force to call for it, but he's trying to call it back. So eventually... They're both... It's just hanging in midair, and they're both trying to grab it. They end up breaking it in half. Pretty boss. While this whole battle's been going on, Finn, Rose, and DJ are have infiltrated the ship and are captured. And it turns out DJ sold them out.
1: Yep, DJ's a turncoat. He he took the money, turned them over to the First Order, and Phasma and her goons capture Finn and Rose.
0: Him, and they're pretty much about to be executed when Admiral Holdo, realizing how dire the situation is, turns the command ship around, which I found out today is called the Radis after Admiral Radis from Rogue One. How awesome is that? It's friggin' awesome. I'm I'm so glad you texted me that when you when you saw it. She turns the ship around and goes into hyperspace right through the Snoke's ship and just in a, some beautiful I want to say like art. You don't. Star Wars doesn't do this sort of thing. This is something you see in other movies where just it goes silent and you just see images. You see the image of the ship breaking apart or at least almost cut in half. All the star destroyers behind it are destroyed and then it goes back to real real time and just chaos is you know everywhere you know the sh- Snoke's ship has been severely damaged.
1: yeah she cut basically a third off of the ship. So it's like a mm-hmm. it's like a gigantic star destroyer. It comes to a big point, but it's sort of like a it's wider than it is long in a way. It looks sort mm-hmm. of like a like a B two bomber, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's a good analogy.
1: She passes through basically one third of the um, width of it with her ship and completely cleaves that section. And so it's not necessarily a critical wound to the ship, meaning like the ship doesn't like explode immediately. But on board, it's pretty chaotic and. All of the star destroyers in that field were basically destroyed by the debris. Mm-hmm. The debris traveling through hyperspace or dropping out of hyperspace or whatever was going on from a Star Wars physics point of view.
0: This allows the rebels in the in the transports to escape to crate and get to the to the old Rebel Alliance base. Finn and Rose are able to escape their deaths, their executions, and this is where. Finn and Phasma go at it as seen in the trailer. And this was pretty cool. It wasn't what I was hoping but it was still good. Yeah, it was pretty short
1: but it was still approximately what I wanted. I wanted them to fight down. They they recognized, both characters recognized what was happening and they had a decent battle. And then I guess Phasma died or is severely injured.
0: At first it seems that she beat Finn but he comes up and just smashes her over the the helmet with that riot baton and you can just see her they're laying wounded half of her helmets pretty smashed up and you can see her part of her face and her eye and she calls she calls finn scum and then she eventually falls and finn's is like that's right rubble scum
1: and she falls into like fire so, mm-hmm. i'm not saying that she's dead dead but this could be the end of phasma Right. Kylo Ren is laying on the floor of Snoke's throne room, and Rey is gone. She took the broken lightsaber. She escapes. Hux comes in and pulls his pistol out, or it looks like he's going to pull his pistol out to shoot the unconscious Kylo Ren. But Kylo Ren wakes up, and Hux immediately stops that activity. And they decide that they're going to go after the Rebels, the Rebel Alliance, which is now down on Crate, and enter the Walker battle.
0: This is after Kylo Ren exerts his authority as the new... Supreme leader. Kylo
1: Ren's going to take over for Snoke, and he uses the force and chokes Hux.
0: Hux into submission.
1: But Hux now knows his, basically, weakness. There's no love loss between Hux and Ren right now. They sort of hate each other. That's a inconvenient alliance for them. Yeah. So they go down to Crate, and this is where we get our walker battle. Um, why don't you cover the walker battle?
0: They've got nothing left. They're pretty much stripped down to the bare bones. They're sending out a distress signal to, to allies all over the outer rim to come help them, but nobody comes. They've get they're getting no responses to hold off the walkers. What they do is they've got these old speeders, they're they're pretty rickety. And these are the ones we see in the in the trailers that just they almost kinda like are like B wings where they've got the cockpit on one side and then there's one kind of big wing. And they're just flying around. They don't really have weapons, but they're just trying to buy time and possibly destroy uh, pretty much a battering ram laser that the First Order has. Finn says that it's old Death Star tech that will basically break through the door of the crate of uh, the crate base. And Finn tries to sacrifice himself by smashing into the super weapon, but Rose stops him. She kind of crashes into him, and they both crash away. And Finn Finn gets out, and he, he comes to Rose. And she's like, why why'd you do that? She says, you know, I saved you.
1: It was a sweet moment. And now she gets to be the one that's unconscious in the in- interim time between episode 8 and 9.
0: Now, we skipped over a big thing, or the second to last thing, that happened at the Jedi Temple in Octu. The Force Tree, Luke decides just to burn everything. Because these are like the, the original texts from the original Jedi. He wants it gone, destroyed. And then who shows up? Yoda. Yoda. Holy guacamole. I did not expect that at all.
1: Yeah, I was shocked when they, they showed him walking up the hill and the camera sort of pans around. And as it's panning around, you see the back of Yoda's head. Mm-hmm. First, I'm like, oh my God, Yoda's here. And he calls him Young Skywalker and tells him that even though he failed to stop Ben from flying to the dark side, that doesn't mean that he's a failure.
0: Right. And that failure is the greatest teacher. Yep. And that he does what Luke was going to do. He somehow summons lightning, lightning comes down, hits the force tree that has all the books, and sets it on fire.
1: Bindu level force stuff, right?
0: Right. And Luke then realizes that what's happened kind of comes to, to his senses, even though he was just about to do the exact same thing, but he can't get at it. It's It's too hot. And Yoda pretty much explains to him, those books are useless. They're not They weren't page turners, as he describes them. And, you know, he even asked Luke if he's read them. You know, Luke pretty much admits that he hasn't. And he says that there's nothing in there that Ray doesn't already know and that they're not important.
1: Yeah, this this goes back to something I said in one of our earlier episodes about Aphra and the philosophical problem I have with them not respecting their past. Very good example of it here. They actively destroy the original Jedi texts.
0: I think Yoda is more of a like you said, more in the present, and the past is the past, and physical objects should not be worshipped. Right. Which very much, you know, there's a lot of religions that don't worship false idols. You know, they're just books in the end. They're not, you know, in the grand scheme of things, of the Force, they're not important. So back to crate. I said Luke Skywalker shows up. He's clean-cut, and he tells Leia that he's sorry, and he hands her a pair of dice. Now, there's a pair of gold dice in the Millennium Falcon. I had not known this. You didn't know that? Nope.
1: Yeah, you can see it in A New Hope. They're hanging from the top.
0: So he goes out to face Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren sees him. He tells Hux to order all the walkers to fire on Luke, and Luke's just standing there, and all the walkers fire On him, and it's just creating massive destruction right outside of the base where Luke is standing. Hux is like, Okay, enough with this shit. You know, he tells them to stop. Luke walks out, just nothing. He does the fake, you know, like kind of pretends to brush stuff off of his shoulder. Like, oh, that was nothing. And so Kylo Ren realizes that he's going to have to face him. So he comes down and he comes out and faces Luke. They have a little bit of a battle. It's not much. And Luke basically tells him that, you know, you can't, that he can't win on this. he'll You know, if he kills him, he'll always be with him, just like his father. And eventually Kylo Ren gives a killing blow, which would have cut Luke in half. But Luke is still there. He then takes his lightsaber and pokes it into Luke. Luke's not there.
1: What did you think was happening at this time?
0: I thought that, like, somehow Luke had immediately died and came back as a Force ghost. He was just really fast at it. I, that seems kind of silly. I was pretty confused at this point.
1: I thought that—I I immediately went that Luke was already a Force ghost, that he had died on Octu and now he's manifesting himself as a Force ghost, and that was why he survived the barrage, and why he didn't get cut in half by Kylo— and why Kylo, sticking the lightsaber into him, nothing happened. So the reveal to me was pretty special.
0: Mm-hmm. And so it reveals that Luke Luke's not even there. He's still on Octo. He's pretty much meditating. He's somehow done some sort of, what do you call that, astral projection. Everybody thinks that Luke's there. He's not. Which is, this is a new Force power that we've never seen before.
1: It's not that far outside of other Force powers we've seen. It was roughly what Kylo Ren and Ray were doing earlier. Mm-hmm. But he was actively putting himself um, in another place and interacting with it.
0: I, well, it made so much more sense which I finally realized, you know, once they revealed what was going on. Because Luke was a little bit too cleaned up, you know. Because I thought, like, okay, maybe he, you know, he cut his hair, you know, and his beard. He looked, you know, clean. You know, he got himself cleaned up. He pulled the light. He pulled the X-wing, you know, out of the ocean, which was well within his abilities and he was able to figure out where they were through the force or something but you know it turns out nope yeah he was he's he's still you know the disheveled unabomber looking guy in the old jedi temple in Noctu. you know he's just kind of sitting and levitating you know concentrating you know projecting himself there and everybody in the resistance realizes that luke is he's just buying them time so they escape and they follow the these like these crystal foxes outside of the through the cave and then to the outside now the outside is blocked by a bunch of boulders uh, ray and Chewie, after having flown around and escaped some tie fighters have landed ray uses the force to just move all the boulders and everybody evacuates onto the falcon kylo ren is just he's just enraged that he's just, you know, just pretty much screaming, no, because he's so upset that he's been robbed of this and that he was tricked.
1: Yeah. So they, the First Order eventually enters the base and it's abandoned and the Millennium Falcon flies away with, I guess, the three dozen people who are still in the resistance. I mean, it's incredible like how they whittled, they whittled the resistance down to a few dozen people by the end of the movie.
0: I think it's the end, you know, everybody's like, oh, we made it. You know, Finn and and Rose are together, and Ray Ray sees that, and she's, I guess, happy, sad, just indifferent. You know, she talks with Poe Dameron. And then you'd think that's the end of the movie, but then goes back to Canto Bite, where some of the the father stable boys, stable kids, are talking about the battle, you know, pretending, you know, they've got some little toy dressed up as Luke Skywalker talking about the battle. Then one of their the keepers comes in, he yells at them, tells them to get to work. Then you see the the one boy walk out. Uh, he walks out of the front door, and there's a broom. And you just see him reach for the broom, but he doesn't reach all the way for the broom. The broom comes to him. Yeah. He he walks out. Maybe he sweeps a little bit, and then he just kind of holds it like a lightsaber. And then that's the end of the movie. And he, he's he's wearing a, he was wearing a resistance ring that Rose gave him.
1: Yeah. Uh, people in my theater were like shocked and clapping when that happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Same well, here.
1: Cause the whole thing is, there's a a great line where Kylo Ren says, I'm going to kill you and the Jedi will end and the first order and the war will be over or something like that. And Luke says, it's amazing. Everything you said is incorrect. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> the last Jedi. Like... I'm not the last Jedi. Uh, the war is just beginning. It was, it was a great, a great moment. This, like, little stinger on the end with the little stable boy who's using the broom, who's obviously using the Force, um, is a great indicator of where they're going to go with this. Is like, there are a lot of these people out there, and we can do anything we want now. Mm-hmm. Mainly because, oh, we didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at the very end, um, Luke fades away. It goes back to Act 2, and Luke is maintaining this astral projection, and he stops and goes back. Down onto the rock and then he looks out at the twin sons, which I assume is a hallucination, because I don't think Octu has twin sons. And
0: it was very much, you know, like kinda like the end of the end of um ep- uh episode three. And even like like in when he finds uh, Baru and Lars and you know, he's just standing there looking out in the sun with the wind blowing at him. Yeah, it's that
1: it's that theme of the force introduction music, right? Mm-hmm where He's looking at the twin sons, and as he's doing this, he fades away, and Leia and Rey feel him disappear in the Force. And they're not sad, they're happy, because he had purpose, and it was intentional, so he got Yoda's death, which which is great. So Rey's nobody, Snoke is dead, Luke is dead, Leia is still alive, surprisingly. So maybe my prediction that Leia is the one that survives the sequel trilogy is true.
0: Well, I don't know. Did you did you stay for the like some of the credits when they had a they dedicated the movie to Carrie Fisher?
1: No, I did not stay for the credits. Sorry.
0: (sighs) You're not a true fan. We stayed for a little bit. You know, they they didn't they waited to turn on the lights until they brawl uh, with all the credits. And there is there's a nice little tribute to Carrie Fisher.
1: Well, I'm gonna go. S- I'm gonna go see it again in a couple of days, so I'll stay for the credits that time.
0: Hopefully, they're not like Marvel movies and didn't put something at the end. <laughs> yeah, they've
1: never done that, but I'll find out on Sunday, I guess. So, where do you think you put it right now? I know we've only seen it once, and we've seen every other movie multiple times. Where would you place it in your pantheon? I think you started with Empire, and then Rogue One, and then A New Hope. I could re-listen to Episode One to figure out your
0: whole order. I think it's. I think it's after A New Hope. What do you think of? in between a new hope and Jedi all right I'm it's still fresh in my mind you know from like last night I've had some time to kind of decompress and kind of think about it but it was so good it, it really just kind of changed changed the way I kind of view Star Wars a little bit you know they did not play it safe you know like force weekend force awakens played it safe they just kind of rehashed a new hope this they there were definitely elements from the original movies but they just Went for the throat on some of it. And like we said before, kind of all bets are off now. They don't, not everybody is safe. It's going to be a very, I don't know, I'm like so excited for episode nine because now I didn't even know what to expect for episode nine. I kind of knew what to expect for this movie, but not really because I really try to keep myself spoiler free other than the trailers. And I think that's why I enjoy the movie so much is because Force Awakens, I pretty much had the movie plotted out in my mind. And then when that didn't happen, I was super bummed. And I was just like, fuck this shit. This movie sucks. <laughs> you know, I did not know what to expect, and I was pleasantly surprised. There was parts that I that I didn't care for, but overall, I enjoyed the hell out of this movie.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be watching this movie a lot, I think, because there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to know and to to absorb i'm sure i missed a dozen references and a bunch of other stuff and it's like watching her force back vision from um, the force awakens i watched that 30 times that's what i'm gonna have to do with this
0: one so like i said i would have actually gone to see it again if it wasn't for the fact that it was two and a half hours and i was just exhausted <laughs>
1: We live on opposite coasts, so there's usually a pretty big time difference. And when you watch The Force Awakens, I texted you saying how much I liked it. And then when you got out of the movie, you texted me saying how much you disliked it. I had like a broken heart about it. I'm like, oh no, I can't talk about The Force Awakens with Jamie. And then last night when I was sitting on my couch, exhausted, but couldn't stop thinking about it. you texted me that you loved it. I was like, oh, thank God. Cause I, I left that movie really loving it more than the guy I went with. Like he had a lot of reservations about it, but we talked about it today and he said that he's really coming around to it, but you're right. I have no idea what's going to happen in episode nine. Now all bets are off. They really broke the format. It's not hard to imagine why after seeing this movie, they offered him, Ryan Johnson, a trilogy. Yes. They'd be like, okay, yes, you go off and do whatever you want. You can have three more star Wars movies. And that makes me super excited. They've created a uh, environment when they can they can make three movies about that stable boy, right? I mean, they can. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. I'm on board. All right, cool. Okay, we went for a full hour, and I need to cut this short because Alyssa wants me for something. We'll be back next week with
1: uh, our regularly scheduled episode, which I think is going to be episode five or four or five. Great. Talk to you later.
0: All right, thanks for downloading.